What's up, potatoes? I'm Divinity, and you're tuned into The Way I Seen It, the podcast where I break down real breakthroughs that I get from my favorite TV shows and movies, and sometimes I do it with friends. Returning as a wonderful guest, you might know her if you've listened to episode two of the podcast about Miss Marvel. We are back to talk about the finale. Welcome back, Shiv. What's up, girl? Hey, it's good to be back. <laughs> Returning so soon. Love that. Riding the high of watching the season finale of Miss Marvel last night. I am so excited to jump into this. Now, let me say this because I am going to be posting this very soon after the finale. This is going to be a very spoiler heavy episode. If you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it and then come back to the podcast. Also, speaking of watching, you might want to go to Spotify and click on the video so you can watch this podcast as well as listen to it. But let's get into it because there's so much to unpack. Yeah, there's so much to unpack about this episode. <laughs> I I think what's going to be great about this one in particular is that I'm going to have some great questions for you because there's so much as a Marvel fan that I am not learned on, and that there's <laughs> some great cultural moments in this that I'm that I can educate people on. So I think that that's yeah. uh, why this works so well. Why this is uh, important for both of us to feel seen. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I don't even know where to start because I'm like, uh, all of the things, all of the time. So I know in, la in our original episode, we talked a bit about Maniba, and I just want to check on all the people who was hating on her, because are you punching the air right now? Where are you at? What happened? Are you okay? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, babe? Are you good? <laughs> are you hydrated? Because <laughs> Maniba and um, her father, I forget her father's name. It's like slipping my mind right now, but uh, they, Yusuf, yeah. thank you. They <laughs> ate this episode like they are my mom and dad now thanks one of the best parents in the MC like parent duos in the mcu i think they did such a great job in the show but also as kamala's parents really adding to the, her role and who she is and her confidence too it's mm -hmm. so important to see that because i have a way that i seen it but i want to know from you what do you think changed in maniba when she found out that like uh, Kamala had powers and she was just like so accepting and even went as far as to make her like uniform. Yeah, I think that a lot of that happened when she healed with her own mother. I think when she realized that her mom wasn't spinning all these fairy tales, you know, and that she was spitting facts at the end of the day, that she actually knew what she was talking about, really helped have her build this confidence with Kamala. And I actually made uh, a comment about it on a, a TikTok I did of like episode five as a review of that. Maniba does this 180 with Kamala where she like absolutely does not judge her at all for being the superhero now. And it's almost like she's looking at her in amazement. She's marveling at her. And yes. I think that that is such an important thing for so many kids of either in my generation or, or, or a little bit below my generation to see, because it's not something that I feel like our parents really look at us. They don't look at us that way, you know, especially if we were to become a superhero, I feel like there would be a lot more critical uh, judgment that would happen. So it was really beautiful seeing this transformation that the mom has in this storyline as well because of healing through generational trauma. Yes, um, I 100% agree with that. I also thought that in addition to that healing that happened, she was able to step back and realize that Kamala had her own power, right? Like, I, I love that. Like, when she found out she had powers, she was able to. I feel like trust her to navigate the world a little bit better. She knew she could protect herself because I, in the last episode I talked about like 
Maniba essentially being a buffer between her and the world. And she's like, you know what? I can see my daughter for the powerful woman that she has grown up to be, who can not only save herself, but is navigating the world in such a way that she is a hero to others. And she's like, I'm going to let her be great. Like, oh, she ate that. She ate it. And I was like so happy to see it. And it was just so beautiful because like, you know, the parallels in this episode is Maniva makes that Hulk outfit for her and Yusef to go to AvengerCon. And she's like, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, no shade to Maniva because, you know, I love her. I am. I'm a Maniva stan. But those outfits were not giving what they were supposed to give. <laughs> And seeing and seeing the work that she did on her costume, on her hero costume, Maniba knew. She knew that she could have made a better Hulk outfit. Okay, I'm gonna call her out for that. Because there was a massive glow up in her in her sewing yes. space for sure. Yeah. Like, girl, what classes did you take? Because y'all know I sew too. So I need to know. Like, how did she go from that to that? Because those Hulk outfits were looking like very I use a hot glue gun. Love Maniva. Yeah. Love her. But it was very much I use a hot glue gun to put it to put I it together. The, the Miss Marvel fit was made in Pakistan. Like tailors in Pakistan took care of that. Oh, okay. Like, I'm out of this business. It's not for me, you know? And she she's like, let me leave it to the professionals. And they made yeah. an incredible suit, by the way. Like it's so beautiful. Empowering seeing Kamala finally wear the outfit. That was And that and that the the symbol is her name. And the yeah. moment with her dad. The moment with her father, because I know that in the original translation of her name means perfection, but in Urdu, it translates to Marvel, which is like, this is why you get people who are of these communities to tell their own stories, like literally goosebumps. Like, this is why you get them to tell their stories, because that moment, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And it's like... It is, it is a really great moment just, again, as a Marvel fan watching that episode, watching that moment with her dad is great to see, but there's just this added bonus awesomeness when you realize that what he's about to say is what he's about to say. And you can you can predict it because you know what her her name means and what this actually means for her character too. Like it, it was, and just that moment totally, I, I would say that I haven't cried this entire season, but that moment really got me. Oh uh, yeah. Being, being a daughter, um, and and seeing that moment with her father like that that's also so proud of his daughter for being yes. a superhero like amazing just an yeah. amazing moment and and not it went it went well beyond just her parents because we also have that scene where the community surrounds her and I was like that's it I've checked out I'm crying <laughs> for the rest of the night <laughs> like you know we usually have superheroes who are painted in the same like vein as Spider Man you know where it's like he's a menace to society, get him. He's do- like, and it's like, dude, he's literally just like the friendliest little nerdiest kid who's just <laughs> looking out for the little guys. Like, yeah. and it's so beautiful to see that in a culture that is marginalized, they are surrounding this girl. They are protecting their protector. And I was just like, oh, love that. Love that so much that they were like yeah. putting her up on like this pedestal. And I also want to say that as a fan of someone who has dabbled in her comics as well, it meant a lot to me to see them kind of write some questionable decisions, should I say, questionable decisions (laughs) in uh, the comic books because 
we're going to get into that post credit scene <laughs> very soon. And like I said, y'all, this is a very spoiler heavy episode. If you have not watched it, don't try to like cherry pick because we're going to talk about it. We're going to jump all over the place. So, yeah. But I'm I'm really curious to know um, what do you think? Because uh, like, OK, I kind of think that Maniba, her not being surprised by the powers I wonder why. <laughs> I've seen some fan theories and I agree because I'm like, I wonder why Maniva was like not concerned. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard some whisperings that people think that she's also a superhero of some sorts. And there's been right. some like sprinkles throughout the season of her making comments, like specifically when she like speeds up and makes that the food yes. for Bruno, you know? Yes, yes. Um, and she says that's her secret or her superpower. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think my, my vote is a no for that one. I just Uh think that she genuinely just believed her mom. Like she finally was on board with it. And then she believed the bangle and she believed the lineage and that was it, you know? Right. Um, but I, I don't, I wouldn't hate it if it happened. I wouldn't (laughs) hate it either. And you know why? Cause it's entirely possible now that they're introducing where I can say like retconning her um, actual like origin story. Cause in the comic books, she gets her powers because she has like the gene, the inhuman gene, and it gets activated by Terrigen mist or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we know that when she comes out of that mist, she like is transformed into Captain Marvel, Um, which I love that they included Captain Marvel to nod an homage to the comics, but they didn't have this brown girl like perform this internalized self-hatred to a point of like turning into a white woman to be accepted as a hero. They gave her her entire story for six whole weeks of episodes, gave her a beautiful arc. Literally this episode was so much fun to watch. And I know that the fanboys are punching the air right now because it was fun and it was young and it was for kids. But if you were an adult fan of Marvel, you still were able to appreciate it. And Those are the fanboys. Oh, yes, those are the fanboys. They're outside. They're coming to get me. <laughs> if you guys all don't, all of you shall receive. Oh my goodness! If you guys don't hear from me, just know I'm being held hostage in somebody's basement who lives with their mom and hasn't showered in five weeks. Like, save me. <laughs> But I was saying, like, before I was really interrupted, um, <laughs> how wooed. I was saying that, like, I know they're punching the air right now because this episode was what it was supposed to be. It was literally rolled the line between, like, fans who have been fans for years can appreciate it because they paid off on so much comic book stuff in this, like, episode. I don't even, I don't even want to know what more they could have wanted. We even got her famous in Big In Line and got to see that the cosmic powers were not the end result of like her getting, the fanboys are calling you now. (laughs) Leave me alone. I was really happy that we got the whole Embiggen line and that we learned that her cosmic powers were not the end all be all of what they were gonna do with her powers. And I'm pretty sure we'll see more of that develop. And I'm actually here for it, like to see her grow in her powers instead of it's just like a onset, like at least they're honoring you know, some semblance of what she has been for years in the comic books or whatever. But I love that we got the 90s, like, oh, 
chills, full body chills. I was like, <laughs> finally. And I know it's a big retcon for some people and they're not going to like it because what does that mean for the Inhumans moving forward in the Marvel universe? Um, especially because like we got like Black Bolt and like Multiverse of Madness and stuff. So it's like, what does that mean for the Inhumans? Because I, I love the Inhumans. You know that I'm a big Min Moon Girl fan or whatever. And she's also an Inhuman who had her powers activated by Terra Jean Mist. So, um, but if I, you know, I'm gonna just say it. I'm gonna just say it. If I had to choose who I wanted to see in the MCU right now, and it's definitely gonna be mutants. It's definitely gonna be like some X Men shit. Like that's, I'm here for that. I'm here yeah. for that. Especially because the franchise wasn't a part of the Disney Plus series or like <clears throat> the Disney Plus umbrella of Marvel, yeah. right? So it is going to be exciting to see what that possibly means for including more mutants. Right, right, and right. One thing, no more mutants. <laughs> Hopefully, right. at some point. Um, I think that. So my question about the whole ending, and it's actually um, my niece that brought this up to me. She was mm -hmm. watching the finale and she's like, you know, how come she's super young? And she's like, how come Kamala turns into a white woman? She was like brown this entire time, you know? And I like, it's not something I really thought about. I was like, I know that, you know, at some point she's supposed to shape shift. So I thought that that was an allusion to that. Mm -hmm. um, and I then thought about it from the perspective of a really young girl watching the show. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Like why? Yeah. Why would they do why? that? I, think, I think though. Oh, go ahead. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would have loved if the cameo was just Carol and her together. Uh -huh. Because I personally cannot wait for the Miss Marvels to see that dynamic yes. with Tiana Paris yes. to see them all on screen. Like, first of Ugh. all, visually amazing, but also how is that going to be their dynamic? It's gonna be like it's gonna be this is my Joker when this yeah. movie comes out <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just I think that I would have appreciated that more instead of completely just removing Kamala from the scene and then mm -hmm. including Carol. But I know that that's a part of the comic books but right. as someone that hasn't read it and again for a young girl that probably hasn't either um i think it was a little bit sad to see that she just turned into this white woman right yeah um and you mentioned it earlier the whole internalized racism thing that they yeah. kind of ignored um in this in this series they touched on it in a like in cultural assimilation a little bit but i think that that would have really um helped explain this part if that right makes sense, you know yeah no i i agree with you but i also have a fan theory so i don't think she turned into miss marvel i think that they switched places because we have to remember that they were searching for the other bangle this entire time right yeah. it was lost that was like a big motif throughout the entire series was they didn't have the other bangle so Here's a theory that um, I thought of and I've heard other people talk about it. So maybe it has some founding. Again, y'all know I'm fun fandom, so I am not trying to be right. I'm just sharing my thoughts. Disclaimer. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't come for me because my block button is strong. Um, <laughs> dead ass. So my, one of my theories, and like, again, I've heard this theory as well, is that that the okay so the bangles are either connected to like the 10 rings or Cree technology which we know that's where carol Danfer comes from so could it be that remember that the bangle transported her in the past so she could go and save her her nani right mm -hmm. so if the other person has the other bangle at the same time, could they have switched places the same way she was transported to another dimension? Because the only thing that makes me think it's not Kamala as Miss Marvel is that she didn't recognize her own room. Yeah. Okay. She was looking around and she was like, wait, what the, 
what the what the what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I think I, that's why I said I feel like they kind of they honored that in the comic books without making it about self hatred or a need to be accepted as not looking like yourself or chipping away at your identity. And that's why I feel like it is important to have people who belong to those communities tell their own stories who have done the work and have unpacked it because, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Um, <laughs> we've seen a few movies and TV shows that has proved that, but yeah. I think that they did a good job with just like, okay, how can we give a little bit of fan service? And I, you know, I kind of hate that word fan service because it's so bogged down with like stereotypes. I think now because fan service is not necessarily a bad thing. We watch these shows because we're fans and there are certain things we want to see. And if the directors and writers know that and they give that to us in a way that honors the character but doesn't take away from the story, why the fuck are we mad about it? Yeah. Quickly. <laughs> like, no, I need to know. Like, I need to know. Because one of my biggest gripes right now are people are online really trying not to appear to be fans. Like, they don't want to seem like they're biased. Let me just come out and say I am biased as fuck when it comes to Marvel because I'm a fan. I used to wake yeah. up every Saturday morning when I was a kid and watch these cartoons with my fucking green cereal bowl that had the straw in it. Okay. <laughs> like that was my life. That is why I have all of these, all of this, all of that, all of that. Like <laughs> I'm a fan yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to act like I'm not a fan because I need people to respect what I like. Like, I don't care if you like what I like. I like it. Like, and I, you know, that's the other thing I was going to say. I really feel like this show did a good job of like destigmatizing what it means to be a fangirl or whatever. Cause like, I feel like, like I was just saying, there's this whole subcultural thing that's happening where a lot of people on film talk don't want to appear to be fans. And then Marvel was like, here is a superhero who's a huge fan. That was, and we hired a fan to play this part. Yeah. Like what's and wrong with being a fan? <laughs> and then the fanboys were like, oh my God, amazing. And I'm like, no, she was amazing before that. But it, it took you understanding that she was a fan for yeah. you to actually appreciate her. Yeah. You know, like. Exactly. I also loved what they did with uh, Cameron. I feel like, you know, we got we got to see enough of his character to be engaged to want more. Um, I did see one of my mutuals on TikTok talk about how it could have been a, like, um, allegory for immigration and you know him going back to his home and man very deep I'm actually going to ask them to be on the podcast to talk about that a little bit more so yeah I'm gonna holla at you I'm gonna holla at you <laughs> um I I saw a similar I don't know if it was the same person but I saw a similar TikTok about that um and I also want to add to that in that the DODC after we lost Najma last episode yeah. I feel like the DODC became the main villain right Yes. Um, which is both accurate for the story, but also in reality, this happens all the time for Muslim people. There's surveillance of mosques yeah. after 9-11. It was like this in insanely intense time, right, for Muslim people. And uh, I, I, I genuinely do applaud them for taking the risk to make that part of, their, of this story specifically because I, it's very touchy, right? It can be done and it can be done terribly and it, you could offend a lot of people by doing it. But the fact that they included it and the words that they chose and a lot of the profoundness of those scenes comes from the Sheikh who is, who is spitting out some great verses from the Quran and talking about morality and, um, and good and just how that relates to being Muslim. Mm -hmm. um, the show 
has done so much, I think, for Islamic representation, uh, just in general, right? This in the MCU, fine, that's whatever. But I'm talking about overall in Hollywood, right? We have really yeah. never seen Islam represented in a positive light, and there are so many aspects of this show that that do justice to it. So it was really important seeing that scene with Kamran, but also how the DODC became dislike. They were following. I'm so glad she got fired too, because like I was like, I hope that she's not gonna like do all this and not have any consequences, because that's gonna send a really bad message. But like the fact that she got fired, I was like, and did and deserved it. (laughs) Yeah, and I hope we don't see her again. Like I hope this wasn't a penalty. You know what? I feel like we are gonna see her again. (laughs) She Hulk. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I feel like we are gonna see her again. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know what? I think that there has been a lot of discourse around the cont- continuity of season, I'm going to say season four, girl, phase four of the MCU. And I feel like they forget that the Infinity Saga was, what, 10, 11 years? It's going to take time to build these stories. Slowly but surely, we're seeing like the connective tissue between these stories. And I think that it speaks to Marvel's maturity, in my opinion, that these are good standalone projects. I have been just invested, just as invested in these projects as I was in the Infinity Saga. Like, I could watch Moon Knight and Moon Knight could never show up in another MCU project. And I would be like, I'm still rewatching Moon Knight. I still love it, like on its own. Whereas these other movies do feel like just this long, you know, installments of a bigger movie. These stories are actually connecting on a level that I think is maybe a little bit more trickier to do because they have all these characters now and from all these different backgrounds having to come together. And they've been kind of front facing with a lot of like the cultural challenges and obstructions and hindrances these people have had to deal with. So I'm interested to see how they're all going to come together and what that's going to look like for the future of the MCU. Yeah. And you mentioned it with Kamran as well about being a fully flushed character. I think that this show amongst all the Disney plus series so far has done the best job in creating characters that are fully flushed. Like we know their backstory, we know their MO. And we we care about them. We are invested. Yeah. Yeah. There is a deep investment in their lives. I don't know if we're going to get a second season or if they're going to show up in Miss Marvel's, whatever it is. I just care about them. And that's a great, that's a great asset. Right. Because I know if something happens to Maniba, I riot at dawn. (laughs) 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 If they touch a hair on her head, I riot. For for legal purposes, that was a joke, Spotify. (laughs) That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I want to see a Maniba Nick Fury um interaction. Ooh, I think it would be great. <laughs> that would be so amazing. I think she would handle him. I think she would handle him for sure. That I don't would be like a take care of my daughter moment that I think would be so great to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she would she would just serve eyes. She would give him mom yeah. eyes. Like, and if you don't, yeah. I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. No, I I love this episode. I feel like it gave, oh, and then we have to talk about Nakia. Okay, we have to talk about Nakia. And um, what was the girl's name? Y'all, I'm bad with names, ADHD. Um, the friend, what was oh, her Zoe. name? Zoe. I don't know why. I wanted to call her Zoe, but I, I was close. So. <laughs> way, yeah. <laughs> I was close. There's no why, yeah. So there was like a moment there where it seemed like Nakia's character was queer-coded, right? 
or I think so. I think, but I'm I'm queer, so I think everyone else is. Um, um can you tell me the moment? Now I want to go back. So she, yeah, she says something like, "You can tell people when you're ready," or something like that. It was either Zoe or Nakia, or whatever. But yeah, don't quote me on that. Go back and watch it. But I think that there was like a, it was it was a little it was a little gay. It was a little gay. Yeah. Was something something. It's like I knew there was something off about you. Like that's how I felt. <laughs> Honestly, if y'all are not on TikTok, this podcast will probably not make sense to you <laughs> because my brain has been so eroded by TikTok sounds that that's how I communicate now. <laughs> that's the only way though. I mean, right? Like, it feels really disturbing when people don't get my TikTok references and I feel like a loser, like mm-hmm. just standing like, in front of them. My mental, <laughs> my mental response to fanboys has been, have you ever had a Krispy Kreme? <laughs> Was it Krispy? <laughs> like i am not going to engage you that is the only response you ever get from me it's just have you ever had a crispy cream and was a crispy um but yeah i think that this was a good little like bonus episode touch bases talk about the finale talk about our excitement to see more of kamala i think that it's so beautiful that we're gonna have a black miss marvel a brown miss marvel and a white miss marvel and all these powerful women coming together working together and fucking taken over like you got three of like i mean they're just so powerful they're They're just so powerful i can't wait to see what they're going to do with all three of them coming together if the fanboys think they're mad now (laughs) if they think they're mad now after watching love and thunder like bro (laughs) (laughs) you have no idea what's coming wait (laughs) wait till you see these women come together and fight like we're ugh. I can't wait. I I just, I literally cannot wait. The last thing I want to add is that I'm just really excited whenever it happens to see like the young Avengers team up because they've been doing yes. such a great job dropping these little, you know, these beautiful little humans into each movie that we've been seeing, you know, Sochi Gomez and um, Haley Seinfeld. Like I would love to see their dynamic with Kamala as well, just because they do have a very similar type of like personality, you know, they're also young and like juvenile at the same time. So uh, I think that would be a really, really awesome uh, interaction to witness. I also think that Kamala and um, Peter would be like dynamic on screen together. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah all of them. Sochi, like all, they have been doing such a great job casting these young Avengers, and it's beautiful to see the next generation taking off. Um, I'm not, I'm not like other millennials. I just want you guys to know that I love Gen Z and I love young Avengers. I would love to see a live action version at some point of Miles Morales. I feel like he deserves his due and it would be great to see him in the MCU, um, along with moon girl, because there are so many comics where, you know, she is involved and I'm not going to shut up about it. I love moon girl. I feel like she deserves to be in the MCU. Like if you've, I need to do a cosplay of her because like, her costume is just so cool. She has like this like cool, cool helmet, these boxing gloves that sit on top of her hands, Ooh. roller skates, and like these huge pom pom. Like she's the cutest, literally the fucking cutest. Like adorable. Um, we know what you're getting for Prime Day, roller right? Skates. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, actually, I have some. I've been teaching myself how to roller skate, inspired by the comic book. Because of course, I don't have my, I don't have an original personality. I just take it from all of my Marvel Marvel characters. Like that's what I do. Um, Along with uh, we getting we're getting Ironheart as well, which I've already done a cosplay for. Love her. Um, 
Yeah. And it's just to see all of them together is going to be a dream. I'm probably going to cry because I'm such a crybaby. <laughs> but I think that it's just time to move on. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, not that I, I don't love the original, you know, characters and I'm going to be a Robert Downey Jr. stand to I die. Okay. But it's time to move on. It's time to see what's new. It's time to explore. It's, yeah. it's we don't have to. It's not a replacement. It's just an evolution. Yeah. Like we're just watching this world evolve or whatever. So, yeah, very excited, very excited. And this was great. Like, shout out to us for another perfect episode. <laughs> <laughs> and nailing it, yeah. <laughs> just every time, banger after every banger. Time. <laughs> Well, tell them again, once again, where they can find you on uh, social media and if there's anything new that you're working on that you want to support us in. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at chivalry underscore I-N-C. That's spelled S-H-I-V-A-L-R-Y. And on TikTok at shiv period A-L-R-Y. That's it. And y'all know y'all can find me at Officially Divinity on Instagram and TikTok if you want to support the podcast and get instant access to behind-the-scenes footage, members-only groups, because I just added that to the app. Yes, I said app. I have a web app now that you can add to the home screen of your phone if you have iOS or Android. So go to thewayiseenit.com and join the Arc Potato community of growing fun fandom friends and expand your virtual friendship family because we're here to have fun and stuff. Anyway, um, I will see y'all on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Way I Seen It, the podcast.